we are living longer than ever before, so we need to ensure that we are aging well. Increased longevity is among the most remarkable success stories in humanity, thanks to research in medicine and new technologies. Hello and welcome to the future of aging actively and happily. This is the third episode of the podcast of the European project IDEA. I am Matilde de Bonis from APRE, the Agency for the Promotion of European Research in Italy, and I'm here with Eva Fadil from GAC Group, France. As partners in the IDEA project, we are going to guide you in a journey across the international landscape of research and innovation towards the digital transformation for active and healthy aging. This episode will explore the policies, programs and initiatives supporting aging through digital health in the United States. Moreover, a specific focus will be on integrated care through digital solutions for the older people, starting from the findings of the IDEA Expert Group on Integrated Care. But first, Eva, would you provide us with some updates from the IDEA project? For example, what about the IDEA Stakeholders event we recently held on October 4? Or are there any other upcoming events that may be of interest for our listeners? Yes, of course, Matilda. With an idea, our ultimate aim is to create a roadmap for enhancing international cooperation in the field of digital health for active and healthy aging that will address policymakers from the EU and the IDEA strategic countries, which are Canada, China, Japan, South Korea and the USA. This roadmap is co-created with our expert groups that gather members from research, industry, but also from user associations from all over the world. We will organize several webinars beginning of November 2021 for the international expert community to exchange about topics of common interest, for example, data protection and regulations and data sharing, and another one on inclusive design. I'd like to invite our listeners to stay tuned through the IDEA website and join us for these highly interesting webinars. Uh, besides this, we have also just had a workshop to discuss how we can sustain our expert network and we received very valuable suggestions, so you can be sure there will be a way to become or to remain involved in the international expert community on digital health in the longer run. Thank you, Eva. Now it's time to listen to our guests. Today with us, we have a representative of the IDEA Expert Group on Integrated Care, Ville Salaspuro. Ville, would you like to briefly outline your expertise and the background experience that led you in the IDEA Forum of Experts in this field? And which is current business in research and innovation dealing with digital health for active and healthy aging? I am the medical director at MediConsult, Finland. I have a clinical background in medicine, but also over 10 years of experience in large-scale IT systems and projects in the health and social care area. At MediConsult, we provide uh, comprehensive IT solutions to social and healthcare organizations. And to our customers, it's very important that they have a holistic view and access to the data in order to provide and uh, further develop customer-centric services. Also, all the healthcare 
and social care professionals should have all the relevant data at the point of care, no matter where the data is produced. So in conclusion, the data should be available, not in silos. Of course, uh, security and GDPR elements taken into account. At the national level in Finland, we have a nationwide patient data archive into which patient and customer data is stored. Uh, this data is also available for the patient, him and herself. As we have uh, this nationwide data, it allows platform-based services for research, for example, a secondary usage of the data uh, anonymously, uh, but also data-driven uh, decision management and uh, services like apps for every citizen. This enables more preventive care and eventually leads more cost-effective care. Thank you very much, Ville. As member of the Integrated Care Expert Group, would you please now share with us the main features and outcomes of your expert group to date? I have been uh, delighted to see our IDIH group colleagues uh, representing large field of expertise, which is a prerequisite to have a holistic view and to deal several aspects of integrated care and also the data management related to the integrated care. The meetings, despite of corona, has been fruitful and it has been uh, nice to see that we share uh, common challenges and aims internationally. Uh, the main conclusions we made was that we have to deal uh, the integrated care with many stakeholders and aspects. Most important issues uh, in the field uh, are the data security uh, and integration roadmaps with uh, standards. These, of course, are comprised, uh, comprised of uh, many minor items and techniques which we have identified and uh, divided in our meetings. Most important element, however, is to take the health and social care organizations and their processes into account in every development, as is the customer perspective. These issues, however, need further iterations uh, to have concrete guidelines. Well, thank you very much to our guest, Ville Salaspuro. Now, let's move on the next section of this podcast episode, the one where we usually focus on a country or a region considered as strategic in the field of digital health for active and healthy aging. This time, the colleagues from Catalyst, industry leader in digital health strategic partnering to power the health innovation ecosystem in US, as well as our partner in the IDEA project, will help us to better outline the scenario in the United States, especially addressing policies, programs, initiatives that support aging through digital health in this country. Yes, Matilda, thanks. Um, I am Elizabeth Brown. I'm the program manager at Catalyst at Help 2.0. And I am here with Matthew Holt, who will be joining the screen with us, sharing the screen with us in a second. Um, he, Matthew is the co-founder and general manager of Catalyst. So here at Catalyst, we tackle complex healthcare issues and uh, forge strategic partnerships between innovators and companies interested in new healthcare technology. We do this through a series of unique programs, including pitch competitions, uh, crowdsourcing solutions, market research, pilot programs, matchmaking, and convening efforts. 
Um, we have an extensive global network that's comprised of health information technology and new media entrepreneurs, software developers, healthcare providers, payer organizations, pharma, uh, philanthropic foundations, clinicians, patients, academics, researchers, nonprofits, investment professionals, and government representatives. So through our efforts, we help advance real-world innovation that supports our evolving healthcare landscape. Our role as the U.S. partner in the IDEA project is to serve as the lead for the first report published um, titled Trends, Drivers, and Enablers in Digital Health, um, and also for the expert group meetings where we also facilitated the independent and connected living expert group. We're going to be leading a regional workshop for U.S. participants, which Matthew will tell you more about shortly. So stay tuned for that. Today with Matthew, we're going to explore the research and innovation landscape around digital health for active and healthy aging. Um, Matthew, would you tell us more about this? So I guess our first question is, what, which are the kind of policies, programs, initiatives that are currently implemented in the U.S. in this field? Surprisingly enough, there isn't really a specific set of policies, programs, initiatives directed at active and healthy aging. Um, we have had some very important legislation uh, in the U.S. over the last decade, which has help, helped uh, that. I mean, one particularly for the, uh, for, it's been the Older Americans Act, uh, which was reauthorized, which uh, helps perfect vulnerable elders. It strengthens something called the Long-Term Care Ombudsman's Program and uh, deals with elder abuse screening prevention um, and is moved towards things like evidence-based uh, programs for full prevention and chronic disease self-management. But the bigger programs like the High Tech Act, which brought in uh, funding for electronic health records, the 21st Century Cures Act, which uh, extended that and uh, produced more interoperability. Um, and of course, the Affordable Care Act, which enabled more access to care and, and, and and it's brought in some new regulations around uh, care for the elderly and Medicare. They've been the bigger areas of uh, policies. And then there's a ton of activity in terms of funding from the NIH, uh, the National Institutes for Health, all across uh, all levels of uh, activity around um, aging and healthy aging. But there's not one particular program or policy that I'd refer you to. Are there, for example, any open funding opportunities for international cooperation supported by U.S. funding agencies? In terms of actual funding opportunities for international cooperation, you know, there was one back in 2010. There was an EU-U.S. collaboration between HHS in the, in the U.S. and the EU's uh, the Directorate General for, for Connect for Transatlantic Cooperation for eHealth and LIT, but there hasn't been very much of that lately. Um, really, most funding in the U.S. tends to be in the private sector, um, for the, where, it's, where if it's not for the NIH, NIH um, and that tends to be from insurers, uh, and then a lot of venture capital play around uh, digital health. And last question on this topic: So, which aspects of AHA um, do you think collaboration with Europe and other international countries would be useful in? Well, there are plenty of opportunities for collaboration, right, between uh, the U.S., Europe, and other international countries. Um, you know, the U.S. population is aging, but it's not aging as fast as have done populations in Europe or in Southern Asia, like uh, Japan, Korea, and even China. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned there for the U.S. Um, 
We don't do a great job in holistic research in the US in terms of understanding the overall biological, interpersonal, societal factors of aging. You know, the US hasn't hasn't thought much about that. Whereas some of the Scandinavian countries and some European countries and the Japanese have looked at this much more. Um, we have a lot of tools in the US, a lot of venture cap capital back tools for health promotion, disease prevention, all kinds of things for independence at home through telehealth. But they haven't really been rolled out society-wide. And how to think about that is, is, is a big area. And then, you know, overall, uh, you know, we have got great conditions for, for technology development in the US. And perhaps some of that could be translated back to some of the other countries that we're working with. So, Matthew, to conclude um, our part of this uh, segment, um, which is dedicated to the United States, would you please tell us more about this workshop? Well, we don't have a precise date for this yet, Elizabeth, but in the first week of December, uh, this web, this uh, webinar and, and uh, will, will, will take place, um, and you can sign up for either the Catalyst newsletter, the Catalyst Twitter feed, or the general idea communications, and you'll, you'll find all that. At catalyst.health is where you'll find that, the Catalyst newsletter. We are going to talk the sort of what of what we're going to do is going to talk about the impacts of COVID nineteen on uh, active and healthy aging, in particular the impact on the populations. Because obviously COVID has really hit those populations hard and the kind of digital health innovations we've seen as a result of COVID-19, which have been pretty tremendous. Um, we're going to you know, talk more in depth about what that means, including in the different areas that the idea focuses on, which are preventive care, integrative care, inclusive living, and independent and connected living, which is the, the bit that uh, Catalyst actually focusing on running our expert group in. There have been a huge number of surges in innovation, but there have been some areas where progress is also stalled as resources were shifted away to more immediate care. We're going to bring in uh, a number of additional perspectives, including both startups, investors, and patients, as well as uh, sort of the academic groups, uh, and get a broader, broader range and broader understanding of the landscape. So uh, that uh, agenda um, and development is is underway at the moment. Um, and if anybody is interested in finding out more about that, please connect with us at uh, innovate at catalyst.health. Um, we'll be glad to uh, involve you in the program. Thanks to the colleagues from Catalyst for these insights. Now I would leave the floor to Eva, who will introduce a special guest representing a great actor in the US pharma landscape and at global level, as well as a very interesting project. We would like to introduce the Gravitat Health Project, an innovative medicines initiative bringing together various stakeholders from industry, but also research organizations and networks. I am with uh, Mrs. Giovanna Ferrari, the project lead for Gravitate Health, representing Pfizer. Giovanna, would you kindly give us a short introduction of the product and tell us what is the project's aim and what are main activities? Well, the Gravitate Health Project is a public-private partnership that's funded under the Innovative Medicines Initiative, which is a partnership between the Horizon 2020 EU Research and Innovation Programme and FPR, which is the European Federation of Pharmaceutical Industries and Associations. So we're starting with Europe and we have partners and outreach globally also in, in the US. The project itself started in November 2020 and it has a duration of five years. So it'll be running until November 2025. Just to introduce the project briefly. 
Our mission is to equip and empower citizens with digital information tools that will make them confident, active and responsive in their patient journey, and specifically encourage safe use of medicines for better health outcomes and quality of life. We're starting from the premise that the engagement of citizens in their own health can only be achieved with access to actionable, understandable, relevant, reliable and evidence-based information that meets their specific needs, their health context and their literacy level. And really that's our vision. So to achieve that, we're going to be setting up an open source digital platform and services that offer access to trustworthy, up-to-date health information that better meets a person's individual needs. To start with, the project will focus on regulator approved product information or EPI uh, and content from that. That's similar to the SPL you may be familiar with in the US. And we'll be enriching it with other data sources, including health records and health education materials. We'll then be testing our services in a range of different healthcare scenarios and we'll be refining the tools based on the user feedback. And although our project itself is less than a uh, less than a year old, and we're a five-year project, remember, we're already collaborating with the global community, for example, in the development of standards with, that will have a global reach, and this work could itself have implications for the US product information in time. Giovanna, you have a specific focus on international collaboration, right? Yes, that's right. International collaboration starting with the 39 partners that we have in 15 European countries in the US, is really important for the success of the project. Our US partner, the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, gives us a head start in the US setting and their expertise in the design and the deployment of novel solutions that support patients and collaborating caregivers is a really important example of a collaboration that we hoped is the starting point that enables us to have a truly global impact. We've already launched our programme of international outreach, starting with engagement of the multi-stakeholder digital health ecosystems of the ECH Alliance in Canada, India, Sri Lanka, Australia, Kenya and Argentina, as well as Finland, Denmark, Slovenia, Spain and Estonia in Europe. The collaboration with these ecosystems will offer us new perspectives and help to strengthen the sustainability of our activities. We've also started collaboration with the HL7 Fire Accelerator Programme Balkan, and this will expose our approach to the wider standards development community, as mentioned above. And we feel that the insights from this community will strengthen the contribution that we make, make made to our project. Similarly, we're looking to engage with other relevant initiatives and projects that may complement the work of Gravitate Health, and we've been actively exploring such partnerships over the time that the project's been active. As we go through the project, we'll also be seeking opportunities at international conferences to share our progress and to reach different stakeholder groups. For example, DIA meetings. Uh, we recently presented at Pharmacovigilance Strategies Workshop and also at a health informatics conference. And allow me to share with you that we'll be working with HIMSS to set up interoperability showcases to illustrate how the Gravitate Health Outputs will operate in the wider digital health information systems landscape and to advance our vision. So we have some important and ambitious tasks ahead of us and uh, we have a consortium which includes many key stakeholders that contribute to a person's healthcare journey. And with this great breadth of expertise and the network that we have, we feel we're very well placed to be able to deliver it on our vision in the coming years. Thanks a lot Eva, to you and to all our guests we had today.
really precious contributions and useful reflections to guide our listeners in the international landscape of digital health for inactive and anti-aging. Before closing this episode, I would just bring your attention to another upcoming relevant initiative in Europe, that is the second edition of the European Week of Active and Healthy Aging, that will take place online between the 18th and the 21st of October 2021. The European Week of Active and Healthy Aging will build on 10 years of legacy of the Forum of the Active and Assisted Living AAL Association and it aims to be the main European platform for sharing knowledge and showcasing innovation at all levels in the active and healthy ageing sector. As you might imagine, this year, this event has been inspired by the ongoing World Health Organization decade of healthy ageing, and the IDEA project is participating with uh, its own virtual booth, so we really invite you to join this four days event and come to visit us. Now, it's time to say goodbye with some anticipations on the next episode of this podcast. Eva, would you help me to provide our listeners with some highlights from the next episode? Yes, sure, Matilda. Next time, we'll deal with the topic of independent and connected living of older people through digital solutions, with a special focus on Japan and a look into the policies and initiatives for active and healthy aging in this country. Especially thanks to Savarabi, a complex of medical and welfare corporations and service providers and our partner in the IDEA project. Moreover, we will host a special guest from the European project PlatformUptake.eu, a partner of the AAL Hackathon Trieste Citizen Accelerator 2021 Active and Healthy Over 65, which will take place on October 16th to 17th in Trieste, Italy just in advance of the European Week of Active and Healthy Aging and the AAL Forum in which the project will also present a workshop. Stay tuned for the next IDEA podcast, The Future of Aging Actively and Happily. The Idea Podcast. A smart idea to learn how to age happily together. <laughs> <laughs>